Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tea with Crema. My name is Chris. I'll be one of your hosts today, and I'm joined in Japan by my best friend Emma. Konnichiwa, y'all. I guess I don't have to say every time that you're in Japan, but like there will be times where you're not in Japan sometimes. So it's important that people know where is Emma right now. Two months ago, where was Emma? <laughs> <laughs> On recording, she was here. She has long since moved around. Oh my gosh. So today, our ultimate podcast episode is about the ultimatum. Because let me tell you about a show that I, I'm not even 100% sure what I thought I was going to get going into it. I didn't want to watch it originally. And then, I don't know what changed, but I did. And I was like, wow, this was... A mess. Wild. A mess. A journey. You didn't want to watch it. And then I was like, you need to watch the show because I have so many thoughts. And so Chris graciously also started to watch just so I would have someone to talk to about it. Because I was like, I cannot watch this by myself and keep all these thoughts to myself. Because the ad at the end of Love is Blind season two was not good. I did, it did not make me want to watch it at all. It was also so misplaced. It felt so forced. It was a clear ad placement and it wasn't good. <laughs> In the middle of the reunion, it was like, thank you all for coming. Look what we're doing now. Uh, it was odd overall, but we watched it. And before we get into, you know, another episode about another Netflix show, from another pair of friends who are genuinely hilarious, we do have to have our tea check. So, Emma, what tea do you have today? I have a tea. It's a Ceylon orange pico. Oh, okay. Um, is this twinings or twinnings? I'm pretty sure it's twinings because twinnings should have two ends, right? Oh, I guess it is probably twinings. Oh, that's from across the ocean. Who knows? It's from London, so London. Yeah. Anyway, it tastes... Like an orange tea. <laughs> it's a, like an or it's an orange black tea, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's pretty plain. Like it's it is what it is. <laughs> okay. It came in a l- aluminum package, and yeah. it d- it did what it said it was it, gonna do. It did what it said it was gonna do. It said to only brew for one and a half minutes. Which now thinking, I'm glad I brewed it for as long as I did because it gives it a little bit more flavor. I think the one and a half minutes would have been like a doop doop and not enough time. I know this seems short for even a green tea. What are you drinking today? And what is your tea traversy today? Con- okay, well, tonight. Contiversy. Con- okay. You gotta be careful. You know, that almost sounded like something else. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking a tea called Chamomile Cuddles by Steep and Sip. And that's because, I mean, it's only 1030, but... It's a Friday, and your boy is tired, mm-hmm. so we'll be promptly calling it a night after this, but I'm very excited for this episode, and honestly, it is, it's a chamomile tea. They didn't do anything fancy with it, but I enjoy it, and because I've had some really weak chamomile teas, but mm-hmm. this one is, it's chamomile. I like it. It's chill. But in other news... I have uh, developed some, I've tried some things, developed some opinions. I've decided I like chai tea. I didn't at first. Uh The milk and then the spice didn't make any sense. And it just, it took me a while, but I'm with it now. Are you on board? But I am on board. However, 
I will say, I don't usually dislike H-E-B products, but H-E-B's chai tea is not great. It It's not great. It's kind of weak. Well, it does not, it's not strong enough. You know, H-E-B is, yep, sounds about white. <laughs> well, we tried. <laughs> they tried. But chai tea was, it was not, it was not the move. I did not like it. I will not buy it again. I'm going to, you know, really step up, spend a little bit of money on... Something that I hopefully is a little bit more quality. And then my second controversy is they've recently opened in Fort Worth this place called Dutch Bros Coffee. Oh, yeah, Dutch Bros. And they went from zero to 100. So they went from like no stores to their stores all over Fort Worth now. Mm -hmm. And I've been to one. And I was like, what in the cup of sugar is this? There was no coffee in there. There was no tea. There was no milk. It was just water and sugar featuring coloring from different coffees and teas. Because I tried a coffee and I tried a tea from there. And I truly was like, where is the coffee in this coffee? And I tried the tea and I was like, this is Kool-Aid. No. Uh, Dutch Bros is also like really popular in the Midwest. And it's like a huge, that one is like a huge rival between Dutch Bros versus Dunkin'. Which, like, if you've been to Dunkin', you know, I feel like that's also just a cup of sugar and milk as well. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I'm sorry that it was That was it. Experience. It was not. I, I'm just really glad I was not one of those people that sat in, like, the original lines that took forever. I went on, like, a Tuesday afternoon or something, and so it was just me and my thoughts. <laughs> Which is funny. And it was... You mm. like sweet tea, so... <laughs> As someone from Texas, yes, I, but this was not, there was no tea in this. None, none at all, none. It was Kool-Aid, too much. But yes, that is my final thoughts on chai tea, H-E-B's chai tea, and Dutch Bros. Not great, zero out of five stars, unless you really just want a sugar high, which comes with a crash. So I don't know why you would want that, because we're not children anymore. But in... (laughs) Any case, thank you for entertaining my tea rat because that was a lot. No one else, <laughs> no one else listens to me talk about tea for no reason. So that's mm, that's too much. It's been, it's been really weighing on me. I had to share my opinion out loud. I'm glad. I'm glad that you felt like you. This was a safe space for you to share your your con. I need to stop saying it because it sounds like I'm saying that other word. Your teacher, you know your teacher verses. <laughs> It's a setup. I was like, Ooh, I, I don't know. You got to be careful. Oh, no. But, okay. So, overall, I guess you're, we're starting our little ultimatum episode show. And I'm just really curious. Like, what is it? Because that ad was not good. <laughs> so, I'm really trying to figure out, like, why did you watch this show? Because I was not about it at all. Because especially during the Love is Blind reunion you and i had kind of like we were live you know tweeting and texting each other and then you were like what was that ad and i was like i am confused i don't know why i started watching it um but once i did start watching it i was like automatically already kind of intrigued at the same time i was also a little upset at some of the couples um there was just a lot of you know wtf moments as well i was there was a lot going on (laughs) 
<laughs> but there are so many. I think it just I started watching it because it was like number one in the U.S. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Like I have nothing better to do with my life. So I started watching it. Didn't realize that Rosa was also watching it. So then she and I started texting, and then I told Chris he needs to get on it because we need to do an episode on this show because when I tell you that that show was the biggest. Train wreck. Thank you. I was like, what's the nice <laughs> word for it? Um, oh my gosh, there was a lot going on. But I'm glad that we did watch it because it also like brought up some really important questions. Like I personally thought that they were really young, but you thought that they were like, like that's like normal age to get married type thing, like to be issuing ultimatums, I think. Uh, nah, not for ultimatums, but for people to be considering marriage and things. I understand. I do think that they were starting to broach some topics that aren't really necessarily compromising topics. Like you're not, no one's going to sit around and be like, there was literally a couple that was like, man, I want kids. And the other person was like, I don't want kids. There's no half child. You can't have half a kid. There's no compromise there. You either have the kid or you don't. So it's just, I was trying to figure out how y'all compromise. This doesn't, what? Like, I'm. The one, that one though was so interesting because it didn't seem like she was anti-child. It seemed like she was anti-child with her partner, but not even because it was her partner, but because of her partner's lifestyle. And what she didn't want was to be, you know, essentially a single parent in a marriage, right? Like, she wanted to be with someone who's going to be also present, but he had his own business, he had his own thing. But when she started talking to, you know, she was doing those dates and was like thinking about it and she's like, yeah, I can have a child with this other guy. I was like, okay, so it's not the child thing. It's really, to her, it was a lifestyle thing. Wasn't the other guy Kobe? Also, Kobe was just kind of a mess. I don't know about Kobe, man. He, that man was delusional. (laughs) Kobe did not become a mess until they actually issued the, like, second couple groupings. Because at that point, I feel like the experience for him just fell apart. Because there was that cop-out from Lauren and Nate. Which is the said child couple. Mm-hmm. Which is so... Of just like, oh, it just felt... And it's all... Everyone all said the same. Everyone on the cast said the same thing. Everyone in all the social media stuff said the same thing. It was just like, you you were, you were you just proposed because no one else was picking you. You were about to be the odd duck out. Mm-hmm. Like, the only one that really... Like, the Alexis and Nate one, that one made sense. You know, she issued the ultimatum. Then he said, okay, I'm ready. And it was really after she saw, he saw how much turmoil she was going through that he realized and recognized, like, okay, like, actually, I do want to be with this person because he was going to be partnered off. I think April was going to choose him, you know, had everything gone to plan. But then when he ended up proposing, April was like, okay, now who am I going to choose? And the fact that I think all of that went down. And then when the people that, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. It wasn't Nate. Who was the one? Oh, Nate and Lauren. Oh, I was talking about the other white man. <laughs> when Alexis Ale- and Hunter? Alexis and Hunter. Yeah, when Alexis and Hunter, like, that was the only pairing I felt like made sense to get propo- like to get engaged at that point. Because also, Alexis was not going to go home with any of those people. She was going to walk off of that show, guaranteed, because she was also a nightmare. <laughs> like, I love the social medias when they talk about the big three of the big three evil women <laughs> of like reality shows it's like kind of rude i know that's like not nice but it's her oh girl that kept squinting during love is blind shayna oh and then from the first season or from the second second season and then jessica from the first season (laughs) 
<laughs> and they were like, <laughs> they were like, these women are all the same women. Just copy and paste it. I was like, oh, sad. Anyway, but yeah, like she was not going to go home with anyone. The whole time that I was like watching it with Chris, I was like, oh my gosh, like if she ends up going home with Zay, because I thought no one was going to pick Zay either. I was like, if she ends up going home with Zay, like, no, take them both off the show because this is not a safe pairing for either of those people. (laughs) (laughs) I... I get okay. I mean, I guess oh, fine. Alexis and Hunter made sense, but Homeboy really just proposed because he wasn't going home with nobody, and I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah. And I know he said that. I know he said that that's not why he did it. But also, yes, unlike the other two, he issued the ultimatum and then was like, "Just kidding, I'm ready now." Like, <laughs> what? Exactly. <laughs> but anyways, and it wasn't even like about him being ready. We all knew he was ready. It was his partner who was not ready. So he's like issuing the ultimatum. And then at the end was like, oh, let's get married. It was like so disingenuous. It was just not, it was not my favorite. At all. At all. Hot mess. And then I think I got confused by like what they were trying to prove. Like the premise, the, <laughs> the way the whole show went down. I was so confused. I was just like, <laughs> instead of living with another partner. What if we just had a reality show and it was couples therapy? <laughs> like That's not as fun. That's too healing. <laughs> true. Because I truly was just like, maybe you should go to a professional who can then help you all realize that you're either not compatible or there's some issues that you can work through. Instead, no, no. We're going to drag ourselves onto this show in our mid-twenties, in all relationships, younger than three years, mm-hmm. and just, like, go wild in Austin for two weeks or a month or however long that they were locked in this hotel for, and then let's see what happens. Because I think that Zay hit it on the head. He was like, people are using these three weeks as, like, a free hall pass. Which, at the same time, in my head, I was like, what, is that not what it is? Like, I thought that was the whole premise, was, like, for you to get into a relationship with someone else who you could potentially see, like, a future relationship with, and then, at the end, like, do you still want to be with your partner? But I feel like that was exacerbated by the fact, like, I just had these, like, three basically, like, honeymoon weeks with this person while, like, you know, caught feelings for really quick in a week when I was doing those dating. And then now I have to go back to my old partner. And I was like, in my head, I think psychologically, isn't it natural to just be like, oh, well, so-and-so didn't do that. Like, they didn't do that. Like, oh, you don't do this. Like, and like, did they have- Yes, as you lived in a hotel together. Did anyone like write off on this? Like, did anyone think like, oh, this might be a traumatic experience for the people involved? The, the whole show didn't make sense. I don't know where they got this idea from. Like, it truly, I didn't understand what was happening. It was almost as bad as that social media show, The Circle, I or whatever. The circle, please do not. No circle slander is allowed on this show. Let me tell you about a show I got like two episodes in and I was like, wait, and stopped. <laughs> I don't usually stop shows, but I stopped watching The Circle. I at least made it through this season. I couldn't. With the circle. That's, that's legal catfishing right there. <laughs> I tell you, I was so confused on that show. I didn't know what we were doing, what the premise was. Why are we like this? It didn't make any sense. This show was even, you know, I feel like it was probably, there's no grand prize. So I guess that's nice. Like, 
<laughs> they didn't have to pay for anything. Because, you know, on Love is Blind, yeah, there's a grand prize in the circle. And then in Love is Blind, there's a wedding that they have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Or at least I think the show has to pay for it. Yeah, I think the show pays for I don't for really it. know, but yeah. everything. But at least on this one, it's just kind of like, honestly, we just got to put y'all up in a hotel for a month. Two months, really, because they have the first trial marriage. I think the thing that was also messy about that, too, with the moving of marriages, like, y'all couldn't afford to, like, put them in another apartment, like, another hotel room. Like, I don't understand why, like, these partners were just sharing a bed, and then now they just switch partners, and now that new partner has to share a bed with that person. Like, that was messy to me. I felt like they needed to, like... Like, clear that, literally clear the air yeah. by being in a different space. By being in a different room, by being in a different hotel, by being somewhere else that was not that place. Because I felt like that was so, like, low-key disrespectful, but also really messy. Because then you had Zay coming in, finding that gold box that April and Jake were maybe or maybe not using. And, <laughs> like, there have been so many articles about this gold box. <laughs> What's in the box? Because <laughs> it was a big deal, <laughs> clearly. No, they opened the box. They did, but you don't see what's in it fully. Like we only there was definitely a feather. We only yeah, we only saw that there was a feather and there was a riding crop, but we don't see anything else that's in the box. So I think April actually oh. does like in an interview she does tell like what was in the box. But then all of that to happen just to find out that April and Jake didn't even sleep together. Allegedly, not not April and Jake. That Ray and Jake didn't even sleep together allegedly which is weird because they was the only one that ended up doing the deal with Shanique exactly based on the reunion show yes so it's just real funny how he was like oh I just feel like everyone's using this as a pass plot twist it was just him using as a pass like come on come on now anyway I don't know I will say I was kind of afraid that it was going to kind of turn into that with the couple that I thought it was going to happen with, like the ultimatum couple that I thought it was going to happen with, was not the one that it happened with, actually. I didn't think it was going to be. Did you think it was me, Randall, at Old Girl? No. I th- uh, yeah, Randall and Madeline. <laughs> Madeline, Madeline. Madeline. Yes. Madeline with no That's who I thought it. Ugh. That's where I thought it was going. That's what I was afraid of. Because, ooh, it was aggressive. Like, And then also, like, segueing from that, from that relationship, I thought that that was, like, such a problematic relationship <laughs> and problematic in the way that it was like Randall, how he referred to Madeline and like the way that he talked about Shanique. Like I did not like that. And again, this is like editing, right? All we see is like what's edited in and edited out. He could have been edited to look this way where it seemed like he was coming off. You know, he was calling Shanique like, Oh, you're childish. You're aggressive. You're all these different things. But Madeline literally came home drunk had it got into a screaming match with him and he chased after her. Like, that's the part that gets me every time. When Shanique showed up and told him, no, I want you to be in a corner. <laughs> like, wallowing that you're not with me right now. I, like, felt that. I, I understood where she was coming from. No, I didn't. I don't understand where she was coming from. But, you know, there's a part of me that was like, she's exhibiting the same behavior that Madeline is. Give her the same grace that you're giving to Madeline. That's, that was the end of, like, end of story. That's where I was getting at. I just think it's easier to give someone grace when you've only known them for two weeks. Is it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, yes, you also chose to live with this person for a month, you know? So it's like, okay, yeah, she's getting drunk. Well, maybe this is like a one-time thing. Plot twist. Oh, girl, was she was drunk the whole show. I think every time, uh, all yeah, a lot of it. 
Every single time. A lot time, of it. She was, she was a couple of tequilas deep. And that's okay. You know, that's how she was coping with being on this show. <laughs> it was, girl, she was, you could tell every time. There was that girl's night out. She was slurry. <laughs> By the end of the, the show. The time with Randall. Like, girl, it was every night with Colby. <laughs> I was Which like, was bro. Why it was such a surprise that, okay, spoiler alert, obviously, I hope they know that there's going to be spoilers, that they got married when her and Colby got married in the end. And the fact that throughout the entire show, Colby kept saying, we're the strongest couple here. We're the strongest couple here. I was like, are we watching the same show? Which makes me really <laughs> believe that they edited it so terribly to make it look like that. Because anyone who's watching the show just on face value would have been like, you're the strongest couple there. Like, where? How? Like <laughs> this whole show was such a mess. It's because I, I really think is he thought that because like Homeboy didn't really get to do anything. He didn't get to do the show. Real, like in reality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he just kind of like roommated it up with April for a while. They were friends, and then he just went back with Madeline, and then they fought for however many weeks, <laughs> and then. I think what killed me was the fact that he was like, not only did he propose, he was like, we're going to get married right now. Um, personally, I've just been like, first of all, first of all, I, you can accept the proposal, but what you're not about to do is like, make this an elopement. Uh-uh. No, sir. Get up. Let's go home. He really turned that into a, no take backs. <laughs> <laughs> no takesies backsies. <laughs> he put that ring on there and was like, okay, you said forever, right? Okay. So today, today, right now. Right now, right now, uh-uh. That was the part that got me. I was not ready. Surprised. Thoroughly surprised. Actually, honestly, I was surprised by all of them. I didn't hardly think anyone was going to stay together. By the end of that show, it felt like Love is Blind all over again, you know? I really thought that there was going to be none from that last season, but they walked out with two. Two of them walked out together. This time, I was like, nah, there's no way no one is getting, like... And then they had two proposals. You know, and then in the reunion, we find out that Randall and Shanique actually did not stay together. You know, they did take an actual break, which I feel like mm-hmm. made them a strong couple in the end. I mean, so it seems, according to social media. Because I said they went to therapy, didn't they? Yeah, they did, like, I think that they had broken up, kind of had worked on themselves. He lost some people in his family. She was really, like, always there as a friend. And then he realized, like, okay, like, she's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Those bitter moments. So that was really nice. That reunion show was confusing. Also, I don't really understand how we call Nick and Vanessa Lachey the hosts. Because what do they even do? They show up on the first and the last episodes. I could be a host at that point. That's really just them. That's really just them saying like, "This is a Nick and Vanessa Lachey produced show. We're gonna get our coin. We're doing our mm-hmm. m- minimum amount of episodes we have to do." Welcome. Here's the premise. Um, and then they check in midway. They're like, okay, here's what's happening next. And at the end, they're like, how was your time? How, how was your time? Oh, it was crazy. Tell me more. <laughs> and then also they like low key stir the pot as well. You know, like I love when they do like the, oh, we know you wanted. They were clowning people on them clips though. <laughs> clowning even, people. Jake had one too, right? With his, um. Yes, about how he was drug onto the show. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Did I ever mention <laughs> that I don't want to be here? <laughs> I didn't want to be here. I got drug onto the show. Like when they came with them clips, I was like, oh, 
Oh my god. Which that relationship too was so interesting to me with April and Jake because it really did feel like they were on track to be married. It just wasn't happening quick enough for April. You know, like he bought her a car. Like that to me signifies like, oh, we're serious. Like I'm buying you a car. I'm making the car payments on it. Like I'm so confused. But you know, in the end, they ended up not together. So it was for the best, I guess. But first of all, I buy you a car. It's basically official. Yeah. Also, a car is more expensive than a wedding ring. More expensive than a wedding. <laughs> I mean, depending on the car. She had an SUV. I guess I've I've never thrown a wedding, so I don't really know how much those are. She had like a whole a whole Tahoe. Like she had a big old car. Yeah. Well. New yeah. Or used. Those cars are expensive. Uh, I don't know. I I drive a cute little four door sedan. <laughs> You and your sedan. Subcompact <laughs> sedan. Yes. No, it just, mm, I just, oh, I was so confused. I didn't understand what was happening. And then no one ended up staying together. And I don't even know. I don't know if they ever were gonna have, like, I just, <sighs> I don't know. There was a lot of thoughts. Okay. So final thoughts on the ultimatum. I don't even know how to rate it because... <laughs> I recommended it to a friend. I told Shemaine to watch it. What'd she say? She thought it was a mess. I thought it was a mess. It didn't make any sense. Five out of five it, for mess factor. I will give it an A plus for mess. And I finished it. I watched the whole show as it came out. I didn't even wait. Like it was as it was coming out. So I mean it was good enough to finish. At the end, I still really didn't know where it was going to go, which I always feel like is a good marker of a show and I'm like, are y'all even gonna end up together? <laughs> And then, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised. <laughs> but the weird part is, I just, I don't know. I watched it and I'm like, I, I didn't care. Because, like, when I watched Love is Blind, I was like, oh, I was rooting for couples. And I was like, no, I don't want them to end up together. Like, they're just, it's not going to, I don't think it would work. It shouldn't happen. And there were couples that I was like, they can make it work. It can happen. Please let it happen. Believe in love. And then this show, I was like, I don't care what y'all do. Because this don't make not a lick of sense. But I will say what I did like was it was not like an entirely all white cast. That part was an immediate plus because there are so many shows where it's like, hello, white people and one black couple. It's just like, so of the coupling, like it was, it was, it was really diverse and intentional. And I know that there's been a lot of talk about season two being like a more queer kind of season which i'm really interested i might watch season two even though i can't say i would recommend season one to anyone else (laughs) but i might watch season two just to see how it the dynamic changes what let's see what else like what kind of mess that we can get into with some queer couples (laughs) but i really hope that they like work out some logistics though because the like the easy like Oh, sorry, we out. I just proposed to her before we even like got into the show. I don't know. I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. It just felt like a cop out. Like people just kind of like dipped out. So I don't know. Hopefully after like watching the show, the next season of people are people that have like read the fine print <laughs> and knew what was happening. Like there's not, I don't know. The pre, the, the premise of the show felt a little disjointed and broken to me where like love, love is blind worked season one, season two. It 
it did the things you didn't i didn't feel like there were any like major tweaks that needed to be made Mm -hmm. this show i'm like y'all might need to go back to the drawing board because yeah like the fact that you're able to just like walk out midway through the experience um which like honestly had all six participated in it would have changed i think a lot of things like had mm-hmm. Colby and Lauren been able to do their experience the way they wanted to, had April and Hunter, or April and Nate been able to do the experience, right? Because those are the people that they wanted to end the show with, or not end the show with, mm-hmm. but go into the trials with. I think that it mm-hmm. would have changed a lot of things. Now, again, that leaves Alexis. No one wanted Alexis on the mail home. Everyone was intimidated by her. And I don't know if it was intimidated or annoyed because she also came out really hot in terms of her like oh i need someone who's going to be a provider like her big thing was also that hunter did not make as much money as her but then when she accepted the proposal it was almost like it was kind of like a comfort fact right like she was like i don't connect with any of these men here like the one that she did connect with did not want her at all and i like need to address that really quickly because the fact that she kept coming after colby and was like he's not a good person like no it's not that he's not a good person you've just never been rejected before in your life like that's what happens when like conventionally attractive women in these cases like i mean you know she's blonde hair blue light like eurocentric she got money mm-hmm. you know and the fact that she had tried to go after him and then when he said no and then she said okay let's like bring back that conversation and he said i'm not interested in you and she said he called me ugly and he said i'm not a t- i didn't call you ugly i just said that i'm not attracted to you you're not unattractive i'm just unattractive <laughs> <laughs> after i told you the day before that i just wa- i didn't want to like and he was trying I, was done. I, I felt like he was trying to be nice about it too like and it it he got pushed to that point where he had to tell her, like, the only thing that he knew would make her back off was if he had gone after her looks, which he did. No means no. <laughs> Period. Just let it go. It just wasn't working for you. Move on. Yes. That part was why. And then I think then being, like, super rude to Madeline about it and then running into the bathroom about it. It was just this whole thing. And then her bachelor show bachelorette party thing where she like stirred even more of the pot literally just i think that's what i was like why did you air her bachelorette party she's not even on the show at this point exactly for the reunion okay cool fine give us an update on your marriage great wonderful still not so a nice. marriage. she's still not married like got engaged and now it's in the second part of this ultimatum like we're about to be five-year engagement you know like Ugh, she drove me but, nuts. Mm-mm. Villain. I just, it, I think that's what it was. Cause like she, co- to come back after like copping out or legitimate proposal, whatever you want to call it, and then stirring the pot in the season, I was just like, what are you doing here? You're not, you haven't had even close to a comparable experience. You're not even in this anymore. Who are you? What are you, who, mm, go away, get away from me. It was, I don't know. I will probably watch season two only because it's queer centric and then, but I couldn't, I couldn't recommend this show. It, <laughs> it didn't make any sense. Truly. I, I don't know. And I think it just, it was, it was too finite. Too, something just wasn't right for me. Just was not right. All these, all these little 20 something influencers. Final question. Would you ever issue an ultimatum in a relationship, Christopher? I don't know. Because I, I don't know. I feel like an ultimatum, from my understanding, it seems as though it's essentially just like a breakdown in communication over a prolonged period of time. Mm-hmm. 
like you've reached a point where like y'all have consistently not effectively communicated your needs. And so now we've reached a like do or die kind of moment. So I don't know. Ideally, no, because if we're actively communicating, there shouldn't be a need for an ultimatum. Yeah. Which seemed to be the common consensus among amongst my friends that were like watching the show at the same time I was, which was like, if you're issuing an ultimatum, like there's clearly something deeper that's an issue, right? Like they're like, Loki, it's a red flag. And I was like, hi, key red flag. It's like, I've never felt the need to issue an ultimatum. I don't know if you would consider my telling Isaac, like you either get a college degree or if we don't get married. But that was also, I was like 16 years old. He did take that to heart, you know? Congratulations to Isaac. He just graduated today. (laughs) And now we're getting married. So, you know, again, but I was 16 years old. Would I, at this age, if I had been together with Isaac, like, and there was no other contingencies, I I don't know. I don't know. I would hope that we would never have to get to the point where I'd have to issue an ultimatum. Yeah, I, I agree that you're kind of at your wits end if you're issuing an ultimatum. And it's also one of those things, too, where it's like, should you, like, even still be together if you're issuing an ultimatum? Like... Because you clearly did not work through these problems and you let it get to this point where like you're so bothered that you're literally willing to walk away from it. Because that's typically the ultimatums. It's literally do it or I, or I'm going. So if you feel so strongly about it, why have you, why have you not been communicating? The sister didn't just like show up yesterday. So no, I, I think ideally you have been in communication about something for a long time and yeah, we should just go to couples therapy to figure out if this is a reconcilable difference as opposed to me issuing an, an ultimatum because, again, y'all are going to change and accept it or you're not. And that's not, that's not like an ultimatum kind of moment. Like we, we knew, we knew what it was going to be. Mm. You either wanted kids or you didn't want kids. Mm. You either wanted to move because of your career or you didn't want to move because of your career. Like it just. It like it just is what it is. You know when you want to do something, and you know what you're willing to make compromises for. And if we've just reached a point where like it it's not working anymore, I'm no longer I'm not willing to make a compromise that is super pivotal for that other person, or vice versa. There's no need to issue an ultimatum. We knew that that time was coming, and it's either naturally time to end it and move on. Or someone's going to have to make a really deep compromise, and I'm not... Uh, that's a lot to ask of a person. So, I don't know. I'd like to avoid ultimatums if I could. Personally. Okay. Well, great time to get into our... Rapid, rapid fire, fire question! question. Do the jellyfish dance. Do-do-do-do. Wait, sorry. Oh my gosh. Before we get started, I... Remember I told you another today years old fact that I learned? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I recently learned that paprika, the spice, is just dried red bell peppers. <laughs> Did you know that? Just ground up into a little bitty powder. No, I didn't know what paprika was. I just be putting it on stuff. <laughs> and the only reason, just be throwing it. The only reason why I found out what it was was because in Japanese, red bell peppers, because I was like making a point to someone and I was like, oh, what do you call this? And they were like, oh, paprika. And that's how you say it in Japanese. But in New Zealand, they call it capsicum. And I was like, that's a bell pepper. And so I was trying to tell them, I was like, oh, you know, in Japanese, or like in English, we call it bell pepper. But then in New Zealand, they call it, which they also speak English there too. They call it um capsicum. And then someone was like, oh yeah, in Japanese, it's paprika. And I was like, paprika. And I was like, hold up. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Paprika. And they're like, yeah, paprika. I was like, like paprika, like paprika? <laughs> you know, like the thing you shake on the thing? <laughs> and they're like, maybe? So I looked it up. It is just dried up bell peppers. Just grounded. That's where it gets like, you know, I've only ever added it to stuff when I need it to have that like smoky mm-hmm. kind of flavor to mm-hmm. it. I guess that makes sense now. Yeah. Well, in I, hindsight. It was today years old when I tell you. Okay, sorry. Back to your rapid fire question. You can go first. Okay. So my rapid fire question today is, you are presented with an option. And that option is, if you touch this magical object, ring, rock, whatever, okay. you will like be magically 100% proficient in a language of your choice. Okay. However, you will never be able to learn any other language. Oh. So you will essentially forever and only always be bilingual. Oh. Or whatever whatever your current like language capacity is, uh-huh. like that's, that's it. you can develop in that. So like if you like for me, I only speak English presently. So if I touch this object, it's me, English, and whatever other language. I will be bilingual <laughs> for the rest of my life. Like that's it. So, and there's no option. You have to touch the stone. So what would be your language? Oh, I have to touch it. I thought the question was like, would you touch it or would you not touch it? And I was like, no, I wouldn't touch it because I'm actually pretty good at learning languages. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So that's why I was like, I have to take that out because I knew you wouldn't. I was just curious, like, what oh, would you pick? Because I know we've done like top five, but like, shoot, it's down to the one. You got to pick the other and I one. I'm trilingual, correct? Because I speak Spanish and or I speak Spanish and English. Um, oh god, what would be my third one? I really got to put that priority on there. No, I'm really trying to think, like, in terms of what is a marketable language. Mandarin. I was thinking either Mandarin or Arabic. I've heard Arabic is like, actually really mm-hmm. easy to learn. Not. Not like easy, but it's like easier. They said. Um, well, at this point, it wouldn't matter. You'd be touching our object, and you would just yeah, like no. It. Oh man. I know. Uh, it's like, do you waste it on like something fun, or something fun like uh, like Tongan? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I was gonna say French. God, that would not be fun. Italian, like which just something like wee like, wee. Which would like which would also like not be helpful because if I already speak Spanish, like I feel like I'm pretty like it, like I'm okay in Italian, like you know I understand enough, and then French is also kind of one of those that's like it's still related <laughs> to each other. Literally, it's just like you just threw that opportunity away. You're just yeah, like exactly. French, <laughs> like French. You just chose two of the same languages. Okay, um, <laughs> I guess I would pick. Oh God, I guess yeah, I would probably pick like Mandarin or something. What would you choose? I think okay, so the practical option would be Spanish, but you're not practical. <laughs> I'm not practical that would at be all. Too easy. So I feel like I would have way more fun if I knew Mandarin. <laughs> You'd be way. I more don't know why. You'd be so marketable. This is how we get our our millionaire degrees. I think I guess that's part of it. I don't know. I just want to speak Mandarin. It just the alphabet, like the way it works, and it's like. The pictures and all of the fun things. It just it doesn't. I don't know anyone who speaks Mandarin. Anyone. Not a single person. But I would make some Mandarin speaking friends. Specifically for that. There's actually <laughs> a pretty big like Mandarin speaking community in Texas. You know. Okay. In Texas. I was like, it's, you know, I, I want to say it's like one of the most spoken languages in the world. But sure. Yeah. Yeah. In Texas. <laughs> in California. Yeah. But I feel like with Mandarin, you can kind of like, there's. What I have come to notice and realize after traveling, you know, to the 
less than 10 countries that I've been to, but there have been pockets of Chinese-speaking people, Mandarin-specifically-speaking folks, in each of these different places. So I feel like Mandarin is one of those languages where you would essentially be okay. It would work out. Um, well, my question's not as fun, right? Hee <laughs> Well. <laughs> I had two questions, and neither of them were. Now I'm worried that you, like, <laughs> now I'm worried you, like, actually answer that or ask them, and I'm like, no, for real, you gotta come up with something else. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was not gonna ask any of those questions. Um, okay, so, speaking of the ultimatum and how they had to go on those trial dates, what is the first thing that you notice about someone when you meet them? It doesn't have to be, like, romantically, just, like, when you meet a person, what is the first thing that you notice? Whether they're on time or late. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because that is your pet peeve. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, mine was, like, Mine was like I can tell pretty like pretty pretty accurately and like pretty soon after meeting someone if I'm gonna like them or not like if I'm gonna vibe with their energy or if they're gonna be draining. Um, so then, don't most people have that ability? No, like I feel like I but that is the first thing I notice is am I vibing with you? Like are you bringing me up mm-hmm. or are you <laughs> exhausting? Yeah, me. and then I'm like okay this was this was fun this is never gonna happen again. <laughs> Zero out of ten. I think most people can. There probably are good, you know, indicators of that. But I feel like emo- I feel like socially draining people don't recognize that they're socially draining. <laughs> Awkward. You are not a charge up kind of person. You are a discharging type of person. <laughs> a depleter. A what do they call them? An energy vampire. Ooh, no fun there. Okay, you're right. My question was a little bit more fun. Sorry. You're welcome. It was either that or I was going to ask you, what is your favorite flower? And I was like, that sounds lame now compared to yours. <laughs> what is my favorite? What the? What? What is your answer? A gardenia. What's your favorite flower? The colorful ones? I don't have a favorite flower. Why would I have a favorite flower? For what, though? I know. I've considered it because that's one of those things that like comes up in like wedding stuff, right? Like. Yeah. Oh, what kind of flower do you want? I'm just like, I don't know. Oh, one that fits the theme. Well, I wouldn't have a gardenia for that because they, they don't stay very well. If I could, if I could afford it, oh. I would have peonies. Not peonies. What's a peony? Or is it hydrangeas? I think it's hydrangeas. That's the one I like. Hi. Wait, which one did you just say yours was? A gardenia? Gardenia is my favorite flower. This is so, con- this is so confusing. Honestly, I think I just pictured the same flower three times as you were saying the name. <laughs> gardenia. Oh, this looks like an off-brand rose. Oh, it smells so good though. It's like my grandma had a, my grandma had a bush of them, and so anytime I smell it, mm-hmm. it super reminds me of her. But if I could like have a flower for okay. my wedding, it would be peonies. Oh, also very rose-like. Huh. Well, I just learned three new flowers. I'm glad I didn't ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can leave it in like you did. <laughs> I'll just add bonus, bonus rapid fire question. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Yes. But in other news, other times, other topics, where can people find the podcast? <laughs> you can find our podcast on Instagram and Twitter at the Two of Crema. You can also find us anywhere that you stream your current podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. And if you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, you can Venmo us at the Two of Crema. We hope to see you next time. Bye!